Welcome to Criminal AF. And for those of you joining us for the first time, this is a true crime podcast. There will be talk of murder, rape, torture, assault, and pretty much any crime that would haunt your nightmares at any given moment. There will be detailed descriptions of said events, and there will be some vulgar language. Like fuck. We understand that Criminal AF is not for everyone, but we just ask that you at least give it a listen. If it's not for you, hey, thanks for checking it out. See ya. But if it is, welcome to the debauchery. My daddy keeps hitting me in the head and punches me in the stomach. My mom keeps pulling on my ears and it really hurts. Mommy and daddy lock me in my room by myself. Mommy and daddy can't feed me. This was a statement made by Adrian Jones, who at the time was just five years old and two years away from his preventable death. I say preventable because as we will learn, there were numerous opportunities and a number of adults who could have stepped in and saved this child. But time and time and time again, they failed him. Warning, this episode will anger you. It will disgust you. It will make you cry for a small child who dreamed of one day being a football player, but instead was beaten, tortured, starved, murdered, left to rot, and then, when the smell became too unbearable, his remains were tossed in a sty for pigs to feed on. I'm Dave Jari. I'm Gary Quarter. And this is Criminal as Hopefully this is not demonetizable. What's good, fuckers, criminals, debauched, and all those joining us for the first time? Welcome to another horrendous, hideous, and horrifying episode of Criminal AF. Once again, I'm Dave Jari, and with me is my right-hand man, my buddy, my compadre, my co-host with the most... Garrett Quarter. I love the intro. How we doing? <laughs> Before we get into this story, we absolutely must give a shout out to our newest members of the debauch. We have Gunner Collado. Gunner Collado. Courtney Seddon. Courtney Seddon. I like it. I Jessica like it. Lynn and Ryan Darbenzio. We also it's have Darbenzio. <laughs> we also have a correction from last episode. Uh, Brian Lopez. I don't know what happened. I, I switched the P and the O, and I said his name was Brian Luez, or Luis, or whatever. But it's actually Brian Lopez, just so everybody knows. And uh, there's Ashley O'Connor, who upgraded her membership to become a producer. Ashley O'Connor. Yeah. Such a good Irish name right That's there. It. Ashley O'Connor. <laughs> Thank you all so much for being a part of our fucked up family. You can become a member of The Debauch by joining our Patreon for as little as $2 a month for general support. Everyone gets access to our private Discord as well as ad-free episodes. And those who join the $5 tier or above, you get all of our audible, visual, and downloadable content. And for the higher tiers, you get all of this plus producer credits on every episode, along with some goodies thrown in like t-shirts, posters, coffee mugs, etc. To choose your tier, just go to www.criminalassfuck.com to click on the support tab. 
<laughs> I was going for the bleep. I was going for the bleep. All right. Yeah, okay, okay, right. wait, say that again. All right. To choose your tier, just go to www.criminalass.com and click on the support tab. Uh, I got it. Yes. And also, we just want to uh, send a shout out to uh, all of our supporters and HelloFresh. Patreon members. Patreon members. Everybody who listens. HelloFresh. You will notice. You may notice the sound quality of this episode, and you may also notice. Not that. (laughs) What? No. That is that. (laughs) Oh, criminal AF. Criminal AF. Oh, it didn't work for me. How come it didn't work for me? Anyway. Uh, we now upgraded some uh, audio equipment, hey. so thank you very much. <laughs> there you go. There you go. And when we get these presets, it's going to be raunchy. Oh, yeah. we're, gonna, we're, yeah. we're, oh Garrett just told a joke. I'm leaving this one, though. I'm, Garrett told a joke. I'm oh. leaving this one. <laughs> it's fun. It's uh, fun. Thank the, you guys so much for page. support. See, we're actually yeah. upgrading the podcast. Yeah. Which, with, so, uh, all, the, all the money that we do get in, whether it's advertising, Patreon, or whatever, it all goes back into it. Yeah. We, we still we still don't make a dollar off of this. What are you Everything talking about? Studio in. Chloroform is studio the Chloroform, most that's right. high-end podcast right. studio you've ever seen. We're in the penthouse suite. That's right. Not in the basement with spiders. But seriously, thank you guys. Yeah. Giving us new toys. Upgrading awesome. the podcast. Absolutely. You rock. All right, and there are other ways to support Criminal AF as well, and you can go to our show on Apple Podcasts where you can give us a five-star review. Yes. And you can also go to Spotify and answer the questions or polls that are posted with each episode. I think we should do an episode of just Spotify responses, you know, because there's, there's no way for, for us to respond to these these. Uh, ans- you know, the answers to the to the questions that are on Spotify. Yeah. So maybe like once a month, we go through, we pulled everybody, you know, we pull everybody's responses on Spotify, and we settle all the grie- grievances that people have or, or whatever. Ah, fuck them. Yeah. But there is one. There is one that I'm going to say right now because I kind of, you know, whatever. I'm going to answer it. So it refers to our uh, Killer Haunts episode, the one that I did, one of the solo episodes. Um, I just want to say uh, it was 100% called a bone fire during the time of Guy Fawkes, okay, where celebrants actually, they threw (laughs) animal bones into a fire. It has since become known as bonfire. So the comment was, uh, get your fucking facts straight. It's not a bone fire. It's a bonfire. So back at you. All right. Um, Yeah. Okay. I feel (laughs) better. I feel better. Get him, Dave. Get him. Uh, but no, I mean, when you do it, you have to talk like this, though. <laughs> Fuck your bone fire. I'm gonna rain hellfire down on your body and eat your bones, you little fucking maggot. All right, sorry. Go what ahead. the fuck was that? My bad, my bad, my bad. Holy gotta, shit. My bad. I just, you know. Gary, I, I, I'm, I'm kind of I'm kind of bricked up right now. That was kind of hot. Holy shit. All, All right, right, where were you? Yeah, where are you? I don't keep know. Going, I, keep going, keep going. I gotta like, compose myself. Get a little hard, but yeah, I know. I gotta compose myself. All right, so now that we got that out of the way. Um, last but not least, uh, you could be rocking our merch, Garrett. Go get you some merch. There are tons of designs and products to choose from, and you can find them on the shop tab at www.criminalhas.com. <laughs> All right, we got to pay attention to the episode here. We're having too much fun with the toys. All right. Also, I'd like to bring everyone's attention to the website, Morvid collective.com m-o-r-v-i-d collective.com now morbid collective is a group of independent podcasts that i'm pulling together to share and cross promote each other's shows uh it's also a great place to discover new shows and so far we have us criminal af 
our friend Jay from Fright Flick FMK. Awesome podcast. Yeah, which he rates horror movies. Awesome dude, too. Yeah, Jay's a great dude. Uh, he rates mo- horror movies on a scale of whether he would fuck it, marry it, or kill it, hence the FMK. And also our friend Debbie from over at True Crime University, who covers gruesome cases with a psychological aspect to it. You know, she she tries to she tries to go a little bit deeper, you know, into the into the stories. And uh, we'll also be adding a couple more shows to the collective in October. Uh, one is named The Brothers, which is what I'll call a nostalgia true life podcast, and also freaky as fuck which we will talk about the paranormal, UFOs, conspiracy theories, and all types of freaky shit. And I know what you're thinking. They may dabble in that type of freaky too, Garrett. Mm-hmm. Don't you worry. Okay. Yeah. So follow all of our friends at morbidcollective.com or follow the link in episode description. Speaking of, let's pop in real quick with our friend Jay over at Fright Flick FMK. You like scary movies? If your answer is yes, then you got to check out my show, Fright Flick FMK. My name's Jay, and along with my co-host, Gentleman and Jack, I watch and discuss horror movies and tell you what I think about them. New or old, mainstream or underground, no horror flick is safe from my warped opinion. So listen to Fright Flick FMK now. It's on all major podcast platforms and YouTube. Also, be sure to follow the show on TikTok and Instagram. But be warned, this promo is the longest amount of time you'll hear me talk without swearing or cracking an offensive joke. All right, so head on over to Fright Flick FMK and give Jay a listen, and you never know. There may be a Dave Jari sighting over there from time to time. <laughs> sorry, sorry, I mean to yeah. cough. <coughs> sorry, go ahead. Yeah. It was the way you said it. It made me laugh. There may be a Dave Jari sighting. <laughs> like, smooth operator yeah. over here, dude. Sorry, go ahead. But uh, spoiler alert, I will usually either fuck or kill a movie, or fuck it and kill it. You're never marrying it? Or kill it and fuck it. Eh, it depends on how frisky I'm feeling. Uh, nah, it's very rare that I'll marry one. Probably because of my oh, dude, commitment issues, I guess. I don't know. You know me. I'll yeah. marry movies. To the, I'll rewatch a fucking movie 19 times. I don't care. <laughs> Mail call. Mail call. All right. Prior to every episode, we send out an AMA on Instagram for a chance for your question to be answered on our, our show. The first one is from Maria Celine 26. And uh, she has a question that tie that would tie in well with the upcoming Morbid Collective podcast, Freaky as Fuck. Uh, but Maria would like to know if you had to choose only one sexual position for the rest of your life, what would it be? Boring. Yeah. <laughs> no, for me, there was one unpublished episode that uh, of erotic as fuck that I made with. <laughs> Which would probably answer this that question. I couldn't listen to because I got creeped out within 30 minutes. Yeah. Five minutes. Yeah. It's not appropriate for this show. No, yeah. no, no, yeah. no, no. Maybe, it may, maybe I'll post it to the Patreon. And, Ladies, know, if you want to hear Dave, the and listen, hey, your voice is there. It's just yeah. I know you too well to listen to you <laughs> talk about an erotic novel. Like, oh, buzzing. <laughs> It was hot though. It was hot. Yeah. I'm not gonna lie, you guys, a little, ladies. A little steamy. That might come out. That might come out of the Patreon first. You know uh, I mean? you you know, gotta, should I drop it to the Patreon? I think you should drop it and see what they say. Yeah, yeah. It's good. It's good. Yeah. Everybody knows Dave's a good writer. I mm. wish you actually like applied yourself better in school because you, <laughs> you you figured that out later in life. I know. But yeah, I didn't figure that out until you after write my 40s. good stories, bud. No, oh, thank you. Bow, chicka, bow, bow. All right. Anyway, one sexual position forever. Ah, go, dude. 
I'm gonna. It seems so generic, mm-hmm. but I have to say, if I ha- if I only had to pick one, it's yeah. missionary. What the? It's fuck? missionary. It Are you is, serious? It's. I I feel like you can elevate. It's it's ele- you can elevate it to a better standard. You know what I mean? I'm not talking about like the dry fish just laying there, <laughs> like. You know what I mean? Like good Christian sex or whatever, yeah. Us, yeah. whatever we want to say. Yeah. But I'm saying you can elevate it in different ways. Where you only have sex once a year on your birthday. Yeah. Yeah. And just, it's, just to procreate it's, it's in the dark and you're just. Yeah. Yeah. No, no. Under, I'm under talking about, you know, missionary where you spice it up. You know what I'm talking about. Anybody who's everybody knows what I'm talking about. You can elevate it. You can lift one leg. It. You can lift two legs. You can every day. Not lift I, any legs. The way I'm looking at this question yeah. is. If you could only pick one for the rest of your for life, for the rest of your life, doggy would kind of get boring. You'd be like, "Hey, but uh, how you doing over there, babe?" Yeah, like yeah. it's not. I mean, I listen. I I switch it up, and but like, yeah, her face is in the pillow, and she's like, <laughs> <laughs> but but it has to like. I feel like you can elevate missionary enough to last you. There's yeah. different ways you can, you know, what I mean, right. go at it. So well, I, I think it's the easy way out. Keeping keeping that same philosophy, uh, I'm gonna say. Girl on top. <laughs> yeah, girl on top is nice. Okay, because with girl on top, again, you can vary yes. different ways. Of, you still get that eye contact. Eye contact's a, big for me. You know what I mean? Con- that's yeah. how you gotta. Yeah. That's that's half the hotness for right. me. Right, so. and then there's like the movement of certain uh, body parts, and you know, being able to see certain things. Yes, and, I'm a visual dude, and, and you know, if it go, you know, you can. Go, you can do it facing each other. You can do it leaning backward. You know, looking See, back. We both picked elevated. You can you elevate. Can it's like Gordon Ramsay in the flip kitchen. Flip it around. You know what I mean? You know, Anybody so. can make a pasta. Right. But when you throw in a little bit of Gordon Ramsay spice in there, you yeah. can make a pasta really good. You know what I mean? Yeah. All right. So Dave's going girl on top. Yep. I'm going on top. I'm saying missionary. Missionary. Baby. You're sticking with it. Okay. I'm sticking good. with it. Yeah. Yeah, I, I I gotta. I like. I, I wow. I like seeing <laughs> things. I, I like yeah. seeing. I things. like seeing things. Okay, same I'm a very same, visual. Same. I think all men are visual. Yeah, I'm very visual. So anyway, yeah. <laughs> Woo, it's getting a little steamy in here. Thank you uh, very much for bricked up over here. Buddy. I know. All right, let's. Uh, AC on. Holy shit! All right, and then we have one from uh, Kelly Hilliard. If you could only know the answer to one of the following, would you rather know who killed the Black Dahlia, who Jack the Ripper was, or who the Zodiac was? All right. So I feel like we didn't they already like the Zodiac, the Zodiac there. Like they're obviously they didn't confirm. Right. They, they already have kind of have an idea. They have an idea. Who. Yeah. So but te- Zodiac doesn't really. Technically, you know, that's that's still still out there. But yeah, they kind of have an idea who that was. I'm thinking I'm listen. I love L.A. in that time period yeah. is my fa- I mean, obviously, we've when we did the Manson episode, I, I was very excited. Yeah, You're geeked out for that. Yeah, one, yeah. I just I love like early Hollywood. Yeah. Uh, like shit. That whole glow up of movie stars and all that stuff. Yeah, yep. And I think I've always been attracted to the Black Dahlia yeah. case. Yep. So I'm going to go Black Dahlia because, I mean, and on top of that, that was the first, like, graphic photos that were published right. in the newspaper, like, in the yeah. news and made public. Yeah, back then they, they didn't Back give, then they didn't do that. They didn't give a fuck what they put on the fucking newspaper. Yeah, yeah to an they're extent, like, though. To like, an here extent. she is. Here's her tits and her fucking... Yeah, half her, half half her, body. her fucking body chopped Yeah, I think that pieces. one's more... Now, Jack... But then again, Jack the Ripper... Yeah. Will never be solved. It's that's going to be a mystery 
yeah, forever. Forever. Right. It was. It's too far back. So it's like it'd be. Uh, I don't know. I want to. I want to say Black Dahlia. I would. I would like to know who 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 killed her. Uh, where she was killed. There's also a lot of conspiracy theories are built around that one too. The Black Dahlia. Yeah, yeah. and it, how she was in on with certain people and right. big players in Hollywood. Yeah. It gets kind of crazy. Yeah. So it's. I, I love a good conspiracy theory. Absolutely. Now, Jack the Ripper, I kind of appreciate the fact that we'll never know who Jack the Ripper is. Yeah. I don't want to know who he no, is. No, if it you builds know? to the mystique. Right. You know what I mean? And I'm sure they make a killing in fucking merch yeah. over in fucking, you know, over there. Yeah. Across the pond. Oh, yeah. There's yeah. probably like. They probably have Jack the Ripper tours. Yeah. It's like when you, you know. go to Boston to go see a Celtics game and it's like, right. fuck LeBron. They sell, yeah. they, all they do is just sell like yeah. LeBron hate merch. That's right. like over there you go. Yeah. To London and it's just Jack the Ripper yeah. t-shirts on the side of the road. Yeah, some yeah. guy in the street corner yeah. with a fucking t-shirt press. Yeah. Just pumping them out. Pumping them out. <laughs> I was on the same street as Jack Ripper. Yeah. Like, it's, yeah. yeah. It, it, it adds the mystique, I feel like. Right. Yeah. I don't want to know who Jack the Ripper was. And um, you know, I think we're both agree. Black yeah. Dahlia. Black right. Dahlia. So thank you very much, Kelly Hilliard. Oh, look at that. It's uh, Debbie from uh, True Crime University sent in a question. So to see how we're subliminally like crossing cross promoting here. Yeah, yeah. I like it. Yeah. I like it. Don't tell anybody. All right. So Debbie asks, which case have you done that has bothered you the most? So any of the where whoa shit, we're in what this is episode thirty nine. We did thirty nine episodes, dude. Holy what? shit. That doesn't it doesn't, it doesn't even feel like, like that long. Right. Like we were just talking the other day when we were talking about um uh the Cheshire murders. Yeah, I vividly remember doing the Cheshire Murder. Yeah, but yeah. yet that's episode three. That's crazy. That feels like fucking yesterday. wild. I mean, our first two weren't too great, but no, yeah, yeah, <laughs> Cheshire yeah. I feel was like the I start of our flow. I refuse to listen to anything pre episode five. Mm. The Cheshire Cheshire was all right. Cheshire, though. yeah, was, Cheshire was all right. It's it's still kind of awkward. I know, it's I know. still kind of awkward. I know, I know. We're getting here, guys. Yeah. We're we're, try, we're we're learning on the fly. All right? imagine, imagine we'll we'll be in another year. I know. You know? This is good. This is good. All right. So, all right. You go first. A, a case that we have covered, not not one that we have. Yeah. I I I gotta say, probably love you to death. Yeah, the Conrad Roy one. Yeah, yeah. Conrad Conrad Roy was that was. Dude, I broke a couple of times. On yeah, that, yeah, you so were you were. Uh, I was fucking feeling that one. Holy shit! I thought I was gonna have to slip you the hotline number. Or something yeah, I was in my feels for that one. Yeah. Oh, that, yeah, but that one was it. That and that. I'll let you go and then I'll, I'll continue. Yeah. Well, I'm, I'm just saying, like as far as that goes, like children, yeah, the children, uh, which were bullying, uh, yeah, children and bullying, probably set me off into another stratosphere. Yeah, like I, oh, which is we, we'll go into a little bit, but this one, oof. Yeah, that's what um, I was about to say. Like this episode, I wasn't like. I wasn't excited. I'm excited to see you and sit down and do our little pre, right. pre banter, but I'm not excited for the story. It's yeah, and there's a reason why we're doing this story, which we'll go into in a little bit later. Yeah. But as far as answering Debbie's question, uh, which case have you done that has bothered you the most? I would have to say, without a doubt, this one that we're doing right now. Yeah. Even though you right now, physically listening to this, haven't heard it yet. I've been researching this for fucking weeks. Yeah, you know what I mean. And I've been talking. We've been, we, you and I have been shooting back and forth about all of this stuff. Yeah. And this pictures and sound this clips and fucked me up. Yeah, it's not fucked fun, me up. Dude. Yeah, it's not fun. But anyway, all right. So yeah, I'm gonna say this one. And if I can't say this one, then I'm gonna say love you to death as well because the pressuring uh, uh, 
person in severe mental health crisis to kill themselves. Uh, there's there's no better evil than that. Yeah. The, the, Plus, everybody can relate to being in high school, not fitting in, not yeah, yeah, yeah. not not figuring out who you are as a person. Right. Everybody can relate to that. Yeah. So it's like it just hits home for I think for mm-hmm. anybody that like you're still trying to figure out who you are as a person. And yeah. yeah. It was just a rough episode. All right. So yeah. So thank you very much, Debbie, for your question. Again, before each episode, we'll send out an AMA on Instagram for a chance for your question to be read by us. Be sure to follow us at Criminal AF Pod on Instagram to be sure to get your questions in. And you can also send in your uh, question at any time at criminalafpod at gmail.com. What in the fuck is going on in Florida? All right. So we're going to switch it up with a Florida woman today florida woman okay mm-hmm. florida woman doused herself in diet mountain dew to erase dna after <laughs> killing roommate <laughs> i can't even i can't even read that <laughs> holy she, shit she was doing the do <laughs> holy shit a blood smudged florida woman suspected of murder a cure uh, blood smudged okay. blood smudged occurred additionally uh, uh sorry a blood-smudged Florida woman. I'm dude. Listen, I've I've been preparing for this episode, so I've been drinking since noon. Since noon. So I'm uh, I'm a little loosey goosey. All right. Oh yeah, let's get this party started. Fade it out. Fade it out. No, you can't fade oh, it out. I don't know how to fade it. Jesus Christ, yeah. he's still learning. All right. A blood smudged. You say that five times fast. Blood smudged. A blood smudged Florida woman suspected of murder occurred additional charges after she <laughs> after she asked police for a soda, then poured it all over herself in an attempt to scrub forensic evidence from her body. What? <laughs> Nicole A. Mox, 35, yeah. was charged with tampering with evidence and resisting arrest with violence in premeditated first-degree murder and the death of a 79-year-old Michael Sorosi on August Cerozzi. 5th. Sorosi. On August 5th, per a Pro, uh, probable cause affidavit shared with Fox News. <laughs> <laughs> Firefighters were called to smolder uh, to a smoldering home on 600 block of Clark Street at 1:46 a.m. on July 1st. What? <laughs> Clothes on the second floor had been set on fire. The Volsia County Sheriff's Office told Fox News Digital, but said that they had no additional information on the arson investigation. Wait, 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 wait. She asked them for a soda while in custody. Oh, okay. And tried okay. To I'm following you. Douse the evidence off of her without <laughs> do. After quickly extinguishing the flames, first responders found. I wonder if that works as like a plan B. Sound the. <laughs> Just Holy fucking shoot the fucking shit. Diet Mountain Dew up there. That. <laughs> Oh, uh, the responders found the victims lying face down. (laughs) I can't even take it. Dude, the fact that she thought that dousing herself in Diet Mountain Dew was going to work. Oh, man, that is... I mean, we always say this every time. This is probably the most Florida story we've heard. Yeah. Everybody knows you have to use regular Mountain Dew. Yeah, you got to use that secret formula. (laughs) You got to hit that yellow number five word it's called. the fact that Mountain Dew is involved with this just (laughs) makes it so much more Florida. I don't know. I can't explain it. (laughs) Mox asked for a can of Diet Mountain Dew and the police obliged. At least you know it's like back in the day in the eighties yeah. they'd be like, "Oh, let me get a cigarette." They yeah, always, yeah, yeah. always, you know how they always at old episodes of Cops they would yeah. always let them smoke. Like, yeah, ah, yeah, so, yeah, yeah, like, 
Actually, you know what? I I think they I think they still do. I'm sure they do. Because if you relax, they, they want to get an they want, Yeah, yeah, yeah. You get, let them chill out. Let them relax. Right. It's worth. It's well, worth what, it. What was it? Uh, uh, fucking Israel Keys and one of the uh, the Americano coffee, a Snickers, and a fucking cigar. And I'll tell you the whole story. <laughs> I'll spill everything. Great callback too, by the way. Oh, thank you. Yeah, episode one. Episode no, one. I'll never listen to it. Don't nobody listen yeah, to. I will never listen to it. Holy crap! <laughs> if, Can I get one of those Diet Mountain Dews? To be fair, if somebody asked me mm-hmm. if I was on Who Wants to Be a Millionaire, yeah, right? okay, and yeah. Regis is sitting across from me, and he's yeah. like, "Hey, Garrett, yep. for a million dollars, right? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Which soda?" <laughs> Gets rid of DNA, <laughs> and Mountain Dew is on that list. Yeah. I'm probably picking Mountain Dew. Oh, I'm not gonna lie. Yeah, but then again, Coke also Coke, well, just like cleans engines and shit. Yeah. So they actually, I, I read somewhere. I don't know how true this is. I don't know if anybody's in the in the market or in the business with this, but like with crime scene cleanups, I heard like they actually use Coca Cola to clean up like bodily fucking shit. Like if there's like a oh, car, so you're saying like if there's uh, like a car like accident, biohazard cleaners, right? Right. Do you know so, that's you know a guilty sick pleasure of mine. Uh, and I don't know if anybody out there listens here, but on TikTok, yeah, there I follow a couple of like hazardous bio cleanup companies okay. that will show like what they do, what the house look like, the bed that is just soaked, soaked with rotting. It, it, yeah, it, they just whatever. they like basically like just disappear into the floor, yeah, and then show how they like dispose and clean of the house before. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's actually, it's very interesting. Really? But I could see that why Coke would be a good cleaner. Yeah. Maybe we should start. Start a bit, yeah. Just dousing Coke on the ground. <laughs> yeah, somebody was telling me that, like, uh, uh, like car car, uh, car accidents where there's, like, a you know a death or whatever, and there's blood everywhere. I heard somebody, they were like, yeah, we use, just use Coca-Cola. I'm like, what? Imagine what it does in your insides. Oh, fucking rips you to fucking shreds, I'm sure. It's got it, right? Yeah. If you can clean an engine. Your fucking kidneys are probably like or, shot by or, 30. Or the things are squeaky clean. Uh, you might get kidney yeah, stones. Hey, hey. You know, that's another, right. Another tie oh, back. Oh, I got to do I got to fucking tie back right now. So what, your your kidney stones, we talked about this last episode. Yeah. Your kidney stones, it was a it was a three <laughs> millimeter stone, which broke into two and one. Yes. Okay. Somebody, somebody. Hold on. Somebody uh, messaged the. Oh, yeah. Yeah. Oh, hold, good. Hold on. I love fellow victims. <laughs> Hold on. I like a fellow trauma. Yeah. Uh, and you were talking about how excruciating fucking pain it was, right? Yeah. So we have a friend on Instagram who messaged us. Her name is... If she had a kidney stone, I wouldn't out her. No, no. I wouldn't out her. No, okay. Yeah, you're right. All right. I'm not going to say a name. However, they did... You me- know who you are. They did message, and you know who you are. Uh, and the message was, my husband has had over 25... Fuck that. Alright. His last large one was 10 millimeters each. What? One in each That's side. That's a baby. One in each side of the kid, each kidney. Uh, he finds that uh, drinking beer, lots of beer, uh, helps him pass. 10 mil. I don't even know. They said anything over five, they have to laser. I don't That's know. That's what they told me at the ER. I don't know. Yeah. I don't know, but yeah, she we, she heard our, your story and she was like, "Listen, wow, that guy is a fucking yeah, trooper. He's a fucking trooper." She, you know, they were like, "Listen, you fucking bitch, my husband has only twenty five of them, dude. Right? God bless him." Yeah, I can't even like just listening to your story. I, no. I can't fucking imagine the thought of ten millimeter. Yeah, I don't. I don't. You'd want to off yourself. I just. I would die. Yeah. I would just crawl. Like just. Just put me out of my misery. Yeah, I'd go in the garage, move to Vermont, and. 
be euthanized. Holy crap. 10 millimeters. Yeah. What the hell? It's crazy. I, yeah, when, when when they sent me that, I'm like, holy fucking shit. Damn, I sound like a bitch. Yeah, I know. Now, you're that, like, now I feel bad. You're like, it's the worst fucking pain. I passed a one millimeter fucking stone. <laughs> now I feel like a fucking... Hey, I'm not gonna fucking. You know what's crazy? I'm not gonna joke. I'm not. They told they told me there though that people it it can be genetic in some people. So obviously he struggles Uh, with. Yeah. You know what I mean? It just calcium buildup or something. I don't know. Whatever. I'm not a doctor. Yeah. All right. So I take back all the fucking joking I just did with you because I. Yeah. I hope. I God. I hope. Shut the fuck up. (laughs) Knock on wood. I'm just kidding. I'm kidding. I'm kidding. Criminal AF. We'll be back after this quick break. So you like to listen to people talk about crime, but did you ever wonder why criminals do the things they do, like what makes them tick? My name is Debbie, and I'm the professor at True Crime University. Join me in the classroom Thursdays, wherever you get your podcasts, for intellectual discussions about crime, psychology, and why criminals do what they do. See you there. Now back to Criminal AF. All right, you know what time it is, right? What time is it, Garrett? Uh, it's story time. It's time to fuck this episode in the mouth. Yes! <laughs> All right, so we are going to be talking about a case that I dread talking about. Uh, now, if you've been following us, you know that, you know, both Garrett and I, we can't stomach cases that involve children. But for this case, uh, we have to put our big boy pants on. Uh, you know, people, you know, so th- sometimes people comment about our, our banter and, and why we do, you know, like mail call and Florida man of the day. And, you know, sometimes we break away from the story to tell like a side story, which is kind of funny, but you know, whatever. It, it's all because of episodes like this. You know, we, we, we make an honest effort to lighten up the episodes. Yeah. It's, you know? I, nobody want. I don't care who you are. Nobody wants to sit here. Even how, like, I, I know a lot of people out there and a lot of listener, listeners are they love true crime. They're obsessed with it. They, right. they watch murder porn all fucking day. Yeah. They love a good tragic story, but mm. yeah, I mean, it's, 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 it gets fucking when you, when you just, when you, like we look at these on our days off and yeah. then we come together and then we talk about it. it right. It's it, you, we if have to have fun. Like yeah. we're, we, we're not those type of people that can't just have a good time when we're together. Right. So, I have to, I have to like be able to somehow be able to turn a switch and, not feel yeah you know for for what these people are going through and you know and, and the way we look at it is that if we can end each episode where you have you know someone has at least smiled laughed or related to something that we said then i think we accomplished something correct you know because uh researching and discussing these stories uh they can really get inside your head and you know we 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 understand the appeal of getting right into the nuts and bolts of an episode, and and it's why we have the serial holic, you know, the the narrated stories. Um, but to really dive into the pain and horror like these people experience, uh, we believe you have to have some balance between really absor- absorbing the details of the case and also having some semblance of sanity, you know. So we try to break it up like oh let's have you know fun let's talk you know let's joke around blah 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 all right end of the story end of the story yeah, yeah. so there i said that fight me i don't care yeah. but anyway if you, if you don't want the right. commentary you don't want us our banter yeah go go listen to the audio in serial holic yeah 
right. Now, with this brutal fucking story, I am going to give another disclaimer before we continue. Now, this episode will discuss extensive evidence of the horrific abuse, torture, and murder of a seven-year-old child. Uh, We are going to discuss what was done, how long it was done for, and the disgusting and tragic end of this young boy's life. So, if you continue past this point, it's on you. Okay? Just putting it out there. It's a story that needs to be told, too, though. That's right. how, That's what both we, we were talking about this earlier. Yeah, yeah, yeah. As shitty of a story and, uh, you know, a criminal case can go, it, it needs yeah. to... And people need to know about yeah. it. Yeah. His story, he can't just fade away into... Fade away into... into uh, oblivion. Oblivion. Right. Now, yeah, and, and, and like I was... You know, we talked about before... The, the reason this case actually drew me in is because there's so many like turns and twists and, and whatnot. Like there's a lack of action from people in positions of authority. Uh, the fact that both his father and stepmother, like when you hear the story, like you cannot believe that they only got 25 years of life. Okay. They are eligible for parole in 25 fucking years. Now, they could one day be walking out on the streets again. And if by telling the story helps keep Adrian's memory alive, you know, for when those two fucking dirt bags fucking come up for parole, then we can pull our personal reservations aside and tell the story. So, yes, sir. Again, this story contains extreme depictions of abuse and torture of a seven year old boy. Discretion is strongly advised. As a parent, you have two main responsibilities. One is to provide your child with basic needs, food, water, shelter, clothing. The second is to provide an environment that is safe and free from physical, sexual, and emotional abuse. A child is dependent on you as an adult to provide them with these basic needs. I mean, let's face it. There are good parents and there are bad parents. And for children who have parents that fall on the ladder, there are measures in place to ensure that the child is being cared for. And if not, they are placed into a home that can, or that is what's supposed to happen. On November 25th, 2015, police responded to 5201 North 99th Street in Kansas City, Kansas, for a call of a reported domestic dispute. The alleged victim, Heather Jones, claimed that her husband, Michael Jones, abused her and threatened to shoot her. Michael, who was located nearby, was taken into custody. While investigating the dispute, police spoke with the person who made the 911 call. The person claimed that Heather called them and said that Mike tried to kill her and that her fear was legitimate because she made a comment that implied Mike had already killed before. With this bit of information, Mike was transported to the detective bureau and was questioned by Detective Stuart Littlefield after being read his Miranda rights. 
Mike had confessed to strangling Heather and firing his gun in her direction. Littlefield asked about his children, and Mike stated that he had six of them, all daughters, that lived with him. Littlefield then asked if he had any children that didn't live with him, and Mike responded that he had two other daughters and a son who lived in Baltimore. When pressed again about other children, Mike said that he had one other, a son named AJ. When asked about the location of AJ, Mike said, he's not with us. He passed away. Mike explained that AJ had behavioral issues, and because of this, he was kept locked in his room, and one day, he found AJ dead. Because Mike was a bondsman, he couldn't get in trouble. So rather than reporting his death, Mike fed AJ's body to the pigs. He then explained that he recovered the bones of his son and placed them in a black plastic tub, which was still located in the small barn where the pigs were housed. Concurrently, Heather was interviewed by the initial responding detective, Brad Lancaster. During the interview, Heather became emotional and told Detective Lancaster that she had information that would put her husband, Mike Jones, away for life. She explained that there was a seven-year-old boy who was no longer, quote, in the mix, and that her husband killed him, fed his body to the pigs, and disposed of his remains. She claimed that she never saw what Mike had done with the body, and stated that Mike initially told her that he brought AJ to the hospital. All of this, as we will learn, was a lie. In Heather's emotional breakdown, describing how Mike had killed little AJ, was all played out without a single tear running down her face. A planned charade to distance herself from her husband and the pure evil which was about to be exposed. An evil that put Heather smack dab in the middle of this young boy's torturous demise. The proof, captured in photographs and on over 30 security cameras placed throughout the house and perimeter. Even Heather implicated herself in the abuse of seven-year-old Adrian Jones through a Facebook group she administered, boasting about years of neglect and torture beginning when Adrian was just three years old. Surely, if someone were to have witnessed such abuse, they would report it, and the appropriate authorities would intervene and ensure that the boy was placed in a loving and caring home, free of abuse and neglect. Sadly, Adrian's abuse was reported, numerous times, and well documented, in two different states over nearly a five-year period. Yet time and again, the services that were put in place to protect children like Adrian failed him over and over and over. Ultimately, as Adrian's maternal family will contest, led to his death. So many opportunities were missed to save this baby's life. 
How did we get to this point? What led to years of Adrian's torture? Let's take a look into the short life of a seven-year-old boy who had dreams of one day becoming a football player. Adrian Jones was born in 2008 to Michael Jones and Deanna Pierce. Now, people covering this this story and, uh, you know, we'll we'll throw ourselves in there as well. Like already failed this boy because nobody could get his fucking birthday set. So some have it as September. Some have it as May. I've seen it in June. Uh, Several sites even have his birth as 2002. Okay. Uh, do the fucking math. 2002 would put him at like fucking a lot older than seven years old in yeah. 2015. Okay. So I don't know where the fuck you got 2002 from. But anyway. the, the, and that, that sets this episode up so much too. The fact that we don't even have a birthday for this kid yeah. shows that how ex- insignificant he was right. in the grand scheme of things. Mm-hmm. Uh, but from what I can make out of all of this is the, is the date of May 15th, 2008. Which seems to be mathematically correct. It puts him at seven year, years old in 2015. Uh, for all intents and purposes, I've read that De- Deanna was a loving and caring mother to Adrian and her two other children until Mike had uh, cheated and left her for another woman. Uh, this woman actually turned out to be one of the subjects of this story, uh, Heather. After the split, uh, Deanna kind of went down a dark path. Uh, she began drinking, doing drugs. She would stay out all hours of the night, sometimes not even coming home until the next day. All the while, the children were home alone, home alone. And I think at this point, you know, Adrian's like one, two years old. So uh, the home would be would become an endless turnstile of men in and out of their lives. Okay, for the next year or two. Always a red flag. Yeah. So Deanna would eventually find a man who was willing to stick it out with her and support her and the children, which seems wonderful you know things seem to be okay now things kind of going back in the you know the fold and whatnot until it was discovered that this man was sexually abusing her kids so he's out okay now deanna starts spiraling out of control again and this led to numerous reports of child endangerment and abandonment in September of 2011, Adrian and his two siblings were removed from the home after an investigation confirmed that the children were endangered and left alone for extended periods of time with Adrian uh, wearing soiled diapers the entire time she was gone with no food or water. Uh, Deanna's mother, Judy Conway, petitioned for custody of the children. Uh, she was granted custody of the two girls, but... Um, Mike came forward and since he was Adrian's biological father he was granted full custody despite Judy's attempts to keep the children together alright so now within three months of two year old Adrian moving in with his father in December of 2011 the Kansas DCF workers began receiving phone calls regarding the well being of the children 
Okay, so they go from one parent who is not up to to up to parent skills, and now going to another parent who's similar. Uh, these calls stated that the father Mike had guns laying all around the house, and the stepmom Heather was observed to be high on drugs around the children. Uh, more calls came in saying that the children appeared to be malnourished and had observable physical injuries. Uh, further investigations were conducted, which claims that Heather would hit her stepchildren. Only her stepchildren, not her own children. Yeah. Stepchildren. I mean, you, you see that all across the all, the, see it all the time. time. Yeah. Uh, you know, Mike had also had biological daughters living there at the time as well. And uh, Heather would, she was reported to be hitting these children with objects and closed fists, quote unquote. The social worker determined that the claims were obs- unsubstantiated. That this is going to be a trend, obviously, in this episode. Yes. DCF does a lot of good. They do. They do do a lot of I good. I personally know people who work Correct. at DCF. Yeah. There's some there's some good DCF social workers. There's, but they also they don't. I, I don't know if it's lack of funding, lack of support. They mm. they have a lot of cases and certain things that they can't touch. Yeah. But I also know a lot of police officers too that like actual accounted stories that they've they've told to me and stuff like that and i've heard a lot that police kind of doesn't they don't get along with dcf mm. a lot they're the ones going to those calls right. where they get call, where dcf get called and they get upset because a lot of people get their kids taken when they don't deserve it yeah and there's a lot of people that deserve to get their kids taken and they don't and they don't right so and they're there the police officers are there on their worst day mm. they see the house in the way it's not right. you know what I mean? Yeah. When you give when a shit happens. Yes. Yeah. They they see it in in its raw element yeah. where a DCF worker gives a two day notice before they show up. Yeah. And they they come in, gives them time to hide stuff, yeah, clean, clean up. up, do do things yeah. like that. So it the system is broken. I feel like it's it's. Uh, so I'm not I'm not trying to attack DCF workers right in general, but yeah. I I think it needs to be looked at it as a whole because right. we, we hear these stories all the time. Gabriel Fernandez, mm-hmm. you know, Adrian Jones, it, 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 yeah. the list goes on and on. Yep. And, you know, just, just knowing, like I said, I know, I know people who, who work in, in DCF and whatnot. There's a lot of fucking legal red tape. Yeah. Too. Oh, no, for a sure. Lot it takes a legal, lot for yeah. the federal, the government to take a child right. from a household. It, is, right. it does take a and lot. Ju- and just by, and, you know, and this is like one case right here is like when we're looking at, at this particular case, uh, the grandmother, the maternal grandmother, was like, give me all the children. Yeah. Just give them to me. Uh, I, I got this. You know what I mean? And, but because Mike was the biological father, he has first dibs, which is understandable. Yeah. But when the person who has first, first dibs is a fucking shit stain. Yeah. Uh, you yeah. might want to fucking put that on. on exactly hold like you said, though. Red tape. Yeah. So. Unfortunately, that's what it is. Yep. All right. So even though they, they, they determined that the claims were unsubstantiated. They did note in the file that Adrian had noticeable bruising on his face and had a black eye at three years old. But yet the claims are unsubstantiated. All right. It is also reported that Heather's biological son is removed from the home at this time. Now, it's important to remember this aspect because this will come up later. A Kansas Social Services report states that although Mike uses physical force on the children as well, 
it does not rise to the level of abuse by Heather. Okay, so she's she's definitely the one that yeah has something going on. You yeah. know what I mean? Uh, and you know, we we really don't go into it much, you know, in our notes here. But you know, I mean, there's there's claims that Heather was basically running a fucking meth factory out of her fucking house, selling drugs, doing all sort of kind of shit. So I mean, she's she's just a shady fucking character, and, and to be perfectly honest, so is fucking Mike. You know, I mean, they're pretty much confirmed career criminals, right? So yeah. So Mike tells DCF that he and Heather are splitting up, and she will no longer have contact with the children. Uh, now, with this safety plan in place, which was <laughs> oh man, See. which was basically a promissory note, God, stating that Heather is not to be around the children. They remained in the custody of Mike. Okay, so I mean, I'm sure if anybody who's who's really heard this story before, the 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 term pinky promise has been thrown around. This is basically a pinky promise, especially when it when when you're trying to pinky promise <laughs> on a relationship. Yeah. People do stupid stuff, right? When they're trying to get back with their ex, mm-hmm. I mean, yep. So everyone, everyone can relate, or has seen it, or had somebody that they know. Yeah. So this is, was this was basically a pinky promise between Mike and DCF that Heather was no longer going to be around the children. Okay. And yeah. We all find out that that's not the case. All right. Unbeknownst to DCF in Kansas, that uh, Mike and Heather actually reunited shortly after. Okay. There you go. <laughs> And it wasn't discovered by the state until 2013 when a report was filed claiming that Adrian was not receiving proper medical care. All right. Uh, once this claim was filed and started to be investigated, the family upped and moved to Missouri. So nothing was ever done with that. But it didn't take long for the Missouri DCF to become familiar with Adrian Jones. In 2013, after claims of physical abuse, Adrian, at just five years old, admitted in an interview with a Missouri social worker and a police officer that his father would kick him in the head and sometimes he would feel bones sticking out. Okay. This is a five-year-old telling a social worker and a police officer, my father kicks me in the head and sometimes I feel bones sticking out. Uh, He admitted Mike would punch him in the stomach as well, as Heather would pull his ears just to hurt him. Uh, Adrian continued to tell him, hold on. Dude, this is fucking, this is fucked. So Adrian continued to tell the social worker that his daddy and mommy wouldn't give him any food. So after not noticing any observable bruising, the social worker marked Adrian as high risk, but safe, (laughs) and simply told Mike and Heather to remove the lock from his room, and Adrian was returned home. High risk, but safe. You're going to hear that a lot. Oh, that's so unfortunate. All right. So basically, Adrian was at high risk of physical, emotional, and or sexual abuse, but was safe at the time of the investigation. Okay. Dude, this is going to be fucking rough, and I apologize ahead of time. But, all right. So, February of 2014, Mike told a social worker that he was at his wit's end when it came to parenting Adrian. And he suggested that he would probably better be better off in state's care. 
the social a voluntary surrender at the end of the day. Correct. Yes. That's like. Yep. Listen, I I bit so, off more than I can so, chew. So, I, but but honestly, if you look back, mm-hmm. you have a record across state lines mm-hmm. of multiple calls, multiple yep. problems, home visits where you there was a fucking lock on the door. Yep. To his room, right? Mm-hmm. And then now the father, the yeah. one who got primary care, yeah. tells you he can't do this anymore. Yeah. And uh, keep, obviously keep going to the story. It's it, it, okay. it just, ah. Uh. So the social worker told Mike, if you do that, you'll be arrested for child abandonment. Correct. And because Mike was a bondsman at the time, if you're not familiar with a bondsman, they work, they, they need to carry weapons. They, uh, you know, they're, they're kind of like the shady. They're definitely uh, shady. I'll yeah. always say that. They're Bondsman just are, are as shady. bad as yeah. the people sitting in the courthouse right. waiting to go into criminal trial. A hundred percent. Bondsmans are there. But for some reason, they're legally fucking, yeah. you know. Uh, dude, every bondsman you see, like if you get a speeding ticket, expect yeah. like and you just see them over yeah. there, like like scalping, basically. Yeah. Yeah. It's crazy. Dog the bounty hunter. Yeah. <laughs> they're, they're just they're hoping. They're hoping. <laughs> yep. All right, so because he was a bondsman, he couldn't risk being arrested, so they kept custody of Adrian, and he returned home. He remained in the home. One month later, DCF was contacted by a psychiatric hospital saying Adrian was dropped off by his parents days ago, and they haven't checked in on him, nor can they make contact with them. So basically, they did exactly what they're going to do. They dropped him off at some hospital. The hospital staff told a social worker that Adrian is an easygoing kid and doesn't exhibit any behavioral problems, as his parents had had explained. So they speculate that the real issue is actually his parents and his demeanor changes when Adrian is with them. When Mike and Heather were finally reached, Heather said they'll take the abandonment charge. We're not picking them up. Okay. Which would have been a fucking godsend, dude. Dude, yeah. Now, see, that's that's where I was saying the system needs to change earlier yeah. in this conversation because mm-hmm. I feel like there's a lot of parents that are overwhelmed and can't do it and right. handle the situation wrong. They're afraid to get charged, so they mm-hmm. don't. And the abuse they don't. They don't worse. have the child's best interest in at heart because they're more afraid to go to jail for child abandonment. Right. Uh, now, granted, I don't think they shouldn't. I, I'm with it. They should be charged for child. That's child yeah, yeah. for sure. By definition, right. that's child abandonment. And the ultimate goal for like social services, I would believe, is to try to keep the family dynamic intact. Correct. That's, that's I think I'm that's, sure that's, that's probably goal. their in their you know whatever their mission statement. Yeah. You know what I mean? Right. But it's it's one of those things where it's like it's kind of a gray line where mm-hmm. it's like where. where that has to be underlying cir- circumstances where you'd be like, you know what? Yeah, you're right. You don't deserve this kid. Yeah. And we're taking him. All right. So to, to save a child's life, I think. Yeah. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. Maybe maybe we can drop the child abandonment charge. Right. So the social worker convinces Mike and Heather to pick up Adrian. And they do. And he remains in the home. The ruling of this claim was that Adrian was high risk. But safe. In October of 2014, a report comes into DCF that Adrian was has been witnessed eating out of a garbage can. After an investigation, Adrian again was marked as high risk 
the safe. Shortly after this claim, the family moves back to Kansas into the rented home in Kansas City, which would soon become Adrian's death site. It was here that both Mike and Heather's abuse would escalate, with Adrian receiving the majority of the torture. Uh, I can't even, we can't even call it abuse anymore because what happens from here on out is nothing but disgusting, horrific torture of a child. Now, we mentioned earlier that Heather had her own Facebook group. Uh, the group was called Fuck Everybody Else or Fuck Everyone Else. So here people would gripe about whatever was pissing them off. It sounds like anybody, any fucking, you know, community fucking Facebook group, yeah. you know. That's why, uh, what's that thing that was going around? You're like, oh, try that in a small town or whatever. I'm like, we're from a small town. If you hear the fucking people griping in the fucking Facebook group, yeah, you know exactly what the fuck you <laughs> But anyway, yeah, that's a little, this is the side stuff that we, okay. You know, we need this little, little laugh for this one. But anyway, all right, bring it back. So here people would gripe about whatever was pissing them off. And Heather's gripes pretty much only consisted of her bitching and complaining about Adrian. A uh, post was made by Heather on December 24th, 2014. It stated, I have a psychopath I'm giving away for free. He broke out last night. All right, that alone, just fucking like, what? He broke out yeah. last night. He broke out last Poor night. Poor kid had to eat out of the trash because he was, dude, that honestly, out of all, like, the, the thought of not feeding your child in starvation is so yeah, like maniacal, it's a dude. Basic fucking need. Like it's the a fact basic. that a kid would just be starving yeah. and just asking for food. Yep. Mm-hmm. Oh man, that's crazy. When there's food available, that's, that's your. It's just feed your fucking like. Yeah. Ah man, dude. I like. Yep. All right. So uh, he broke out last night and <laughs> fucked my kitchen up and everything I had baked. I'm beyond pissed. And now he's running laps around my pool and doing push-ups until I get tired. Unless someone wants to come take him. Okay. She immediately what, fought. A gr- what a great Facebook group, by the way. Yeah. Yep. Oh, yeah. It sounds, I can like see the threads going right oh, now. Yeah. She immediately follows. Class citizens here in this. So. Yeah. She immediately follows that post with, I can't shoot him, unfortunately, but I can work the shit out of him until I feel better. Jesus Christ. So this is 2014. Adrian's six years old. Okay. The following day, on Christmas, mind you, she posts, I'm so beyond done with this kid. Last night, he chased me with a fucking kitchen knife trying to stab me until I jumped the counter in pain and all and tackled his ass. Damn, man. Are you sure y'all don't want him? I'll pay child support. Okay. If only could he got to if if he could have got to a man. (laughs) Fucking stab that fucking bitch. Yeah. Jesus Christ. You fucking rooting for this kid to fucking just knife her. Uh, All right. Still be alive. Yeah. All right. So she continues. Seriously, he's a real. He's for real a psychopath. I'm not even kidding. Every day with this child is like being a guard in a prison yard. His bio mom fucked this kid up. Like, seriously, he kills everything he comes in contact with. I'm, I'm so confused. Which, at this point, they're living together for how long? 
Uh, the bio mom has been out of the picture since he was two. Yeah. Right. Two or three. Yeah. Two or three. How did the biological mother fuck a two or three year old's mind up? To where now? Yeah. Stop. Stop. Yeah. You sound crazy. Mm -hmm. And uh, in the the, you fuck this kid's mind up. And the thing is, like, occasionally throughout this all this this whole this time, I really didn't touch much on it, but occasionally. The kids were allowed to see the biological mother and the grandmother and, and whatnot, and you know, supervised visits and everything. And social workers at the time would would say that Adrian would just perk up. Yeah, because it was you know? probably his like only the light. Right. So regardless of what the mother did before and and, and the horrible thing, yeah, banning, a child abandonment, it's inexcusable. But he wasn't fucking tortured or abused. Correct. You know what I mean? Correct. So, whatever. Obviously, too, is uh, people don't know that he was ho- they, all the children in that house were homeschooled. Too. Right. So, yeah. I feel like school is probably one of the places that kids get a break yes. from uh, you know, if they're getting being abused at home or whatever, like, they probably like going to school. Yeah. They probably enjoy that little eight-hour gap where yeah, and not only that, there people can see them. Also, know? yeah, people also are are, you know, what I mean, on the lookout for them, and teachers will call. Oh yeah, so it's well, yeah, they're they're required. Re, uh, what is it called? A required uh, reporter or, or something? Yeah, like if if they even suspect it, they are required by law to report it. And it, it's it's shitty too because you you know that his parents knew this. Yeah, and that's why they decided to homeschool, homeschool. their children, mm-hmm. which. All right, so just to go back just a little bit to catch up, uh, his bio mom fucked this kid up. Like, seriously, he kills everything he comes in contact with. So another user chimes in. Uh, She's like, is this the push-up kid? Laugh my fucking ass off from your security camera? When I was like, what the fuck is that? So people, she's sharing security footage of Adrian being punished, abused, tortured. On this Facebook group. Yeah. Do you, th- the, you think they were making him do the push-ups? Uh, you know what I mean? Like, yeah. from a from watching a ring camera, seeing yeah. a kid do push-ups in the yard, you're like, this kid's crazy or whatever. Yeah. Maybe they were forcing him to do push-ups. You yeah. never know. It right. could have been part of the abuse. No, it was 100%. Yeah. Yeah. And, uh, yeah, so, yeah. Like, just, just another user. The... So this is all comes from like a a, a warrant uh, that I, you know I came across that another person, another human being, can say, "Is that the push-up kid?" Laugh my fucking ass off! Ah, oh, you gotta love. You know what I mean? You gotta love uh, social media, dude. Yep. So then another user posted, "Merry Christmas," but I can't take him. I have no problems pulling a carol and have him look at the flowers. What the fuck? So, for those that don't know, this is a reference from season four, episode 14 of The Walking Dead. The episode was called The Grove. And where this was where one of the main characters, Carol, tells a young girl who has. Who just got bit. Yes. Yeah, I rem- okay, I remember this. Who, ha- who oh has. Oh my God. Well, what no, a no. She, the, the little girl ended up killing her sister. Yeah. Just because she's fucking crazy. So Carol takes this little girl out into like a field and tells the girl to look, look at, at the, the flowers. flowers. I guess. And then Carol Holy shoots the girl in the shit. back of the head. Okay. So Heather replies to this comment. Look at the flowers. Yeah. 
I'm about to pull that shit. Okay. Now, the posts continue at length with Heather making comments such as pain compliance doesn't work. I've tried leather belts and that shit don't work. I cuff his little ass and he unhinged a pair of my police issued handcuffs. Scared to look at my phone, implying this security cameras. Afraid I might have to feed some pigs a body. This is in December of 28, December 28th, 2014. Okay. Again. Holy shit. This is going to lead into something. All right. This is on social media. This is in a fucking small town Facebook group. Yep. Yep. So during the time of these Facebook posts, Mike and Heather began to document the torture of Adrian sharing photos between each other. Okay, so you think in a, in a in a healthy family dynamic, uh, the husband and wife like, oh, here's little Bobby at a soccer match. Let me share pictures with you. Okay. Yeah. This family dynamic between Mike and Heather is I just punched your fucking six year old kid in the face. Look at this fucking black eye I just gave him. Ha 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 ha. Laugh, laugh, laugh. And then he, the father, Mike, would do the same, sending fucking pictures to him. And then there's that one up thing going on, too. Yes. What a sadistic. These are two grown ass fucking adults, a biological father, documenting, sharing, laughing uh, about torture of a fucking child. Okay. All right. So the disturbing images, which can, which they can be found on Google if you so choose to look, uh, includes photos. I wouldn't recommend it. No, don't. Uh, includes photos of Adrian duct taped to an inversion table, with his arms restrained above his head. Another photo shows severe swelling and bruising around his ankles and elbows from being held upside down and restrained on the inversion table overnight. Okay. Now, again, I'm going to remind you, these are not photos from a DCF investigation. These are photos taken by Adrian's own father, fucking shitty McShitstain. Shitty McStain. And his stepmother, (laughs) cunty McCuntface. Because that's honestly. Yeah. All right. So we got shitty McShitstain and cunty McCuntface. Cunty McCuntface. Okay. So there is a photo of Adrian with cutting boards placed on his chest and back. And held in place with bandages while his fingers are forced spread apart, all in an effort to, co- to cause major discomfort. And he was left in these positions for hours on end. You know what? You know what the amazing part about this is, is the resilience of children. That, like, they kids are resilient as shit. They are. They are. When you don't experience, like, life and, like, the troubles of just being an adult and yeah. going through, like, when that's mm-hmm. all you know and that's what you were bred into. The fact that he was able to just go through this is mind blowing. It just it just goes to show you that you. I feel like the best way I, can, I I feel like anybody any anybody listening and all that stuff. Everybody no, nobody makes it through childhood unscathed. Correct. There's always There's something, something There's some something. sort of trauma, yep. some sort of everything, and I think that really resonates to who you are, who you become as a person later on in life. Yes. And I think that, I I don't know, maybe it's the way that you're designed to think, like, if you look in nature, right, Mm -hmm. like how usually babies get picked off as, as, as like, it's, it's something bred into people to make children as resilient as they are. 
And yeah. that's why it's it's it's, it's a survival. It's fi- survival correct. mode. Yeah, it's, you, know, it's you have to in a modern society with outstanding parents. Like I said, regardless, it doesn't matter if you've had both your two loving parents that love you immensely, who stayed together their whole life, who did this. You, well, it doesn't matter. There's yeah. some sort of trauma. Now yeah. the, the levels of it vary, mm-hmm. but it'll stick with you to to forever. Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. no, I hundred percent agree because I, I came from an extremely stable. Yeah, same household for sure you know my parents were fucking amazing very uh ozzy and harriet i don't know if you're familiar with that term like 50s you know upbringing whatever and you know i've i've have trauma from my childhood yeah of course everybody everybody does that's what i mean you don't come through unscathed it's just different levels and it it just goes to show how resilient children are yeah it it really is because this kid at this point has nobody looking out for his interests who's trapped and who probably there's still I, all I'm saying is there's probably still shining moments into this kid's life where he's yeah. happy even yeah. in the, the 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 shit for sure yeah so they uh there's another photo of Adrian and he has a large bloody gaping wound going down the side of his face fuck uh the accompanying video shows that he was stabbed in the side of the face with a broken broom handle uh, either by his father or an uncle who was staying with them during this time and was witness to all of this torture it was one of those two probably the so, so we're bringing the family into yeah <laughs> fuck yeah. man mm-hmm. so as we stated there was constant <laughs> video surveillance throughout the home documenting adrian's 24-hour torture uh, he was forced to stay outside all night in cold temperatures with tiki torches duct taped to his hands. And he would have to walk, do laps around the pool with these tiki torches all night long. If he stopped, sat, laid down, he would face further. What, what do you think the threshold is for a punishment at this point? At this point, it doesn't matter. It, something so minuscule. I have mm-hmm. a six-year-old son right now. Yes. They can be annoying for sure. Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. But it doesn't justify the punishment. Like, like I, that just—that's the thing that yeah. blows my mind about this mm-hmm. whole case. I want to know the details. I want to know what what justified each punishment and the severity of it. I'm going to tell you. Ugh. keep going. Okay, and it comes down to one single defining moment, and well, we'll, we'll go into it. All right, so. Uh, yeah, so he was forced to walk around in cold temperatures all night uh, with tiki torches duct taped to his hands. Uh, there's video of Adrian standing outside on a cold night with nothing but a t-shirt and shorts with his hands handcuffed behind his back with what appears to be a small container of applesauce on the ground in front of him. Apparently, this was his meal for the day. Uh, Adrian kneels all down. 60 calories. Yeah. Adrian kneels down on the ground and leans over and picks up the bowl with his teeth. He uh, pit, he tilts his head back, hoping that whatever applesauce that's in there will slide into his mouth. Meanwhile, while this is happening, you can hear Heather in the background telling one of her daughters that there's dirt and bugs in the applesauce. And then she laughs. Uh, there's further photos of Adrian. Uh, he's, he's standing neck deep 
in a disgusting, dirty green pool in the middle of the night, once again forced outside. By now you can see, begin to see that Adrian, who was once a full-bodied, healthy, vibrant three-year-old, when he uh, came into the care of a uh, fucking McShit stain and old cunt face, uh, is now an emaciated shell of his former self. Literal skin and bones. Yeah, there's also a, a picture of him at this point online, too, that will make your fucking, make you definitely think. Because Adrian kept escaping his locked room to sneak food, uh, Mike rigged a cell, like a prison cell, in the uh, stand-up shower stall, uh, securing a large sheet of plywood to the wall and, tra- and trapping Adrian inside. So, so basic survival at yeah. this point. Yeah. The kid's just trying to get something to eat. Yeah. So he's basically in a shower stall, a, you know, so I'm sure everybody's seen like a, what a stand up shower stall looks like. It's not very big. I mean, yeah. I know if I took a shower right now, I'd, I'd be fucking banging my elbows into the fucking wall and shit, you know. But yeah, so they basically put up a huge sheet of plywood, fucking bolted it to the wall. He was only allowed out so many times a day, if at all. Um, yeah, basically, this was his living space, a shower stall. Um it was inside this makeshift prison cell uh, that Adrian would experience some of his worst torture. Uh, the other children of the home would later report that they would hear Heather going into the shower stall and begin beating Adrian for no reason. There were times the children would hear Heather strangling Adrian to near death. Uh, one time the children thought he was actually dead. Uh, and Heather tried to, and Heather had to resuscitate him. All right. So shit at that point, I would have just took the death. Yeah. Uh, this next example of torture, I can't even fathom. And this one's going to be extremely tough to get through. I'm just going to put that right in front of, you know, put that up right in front. So this, uh, torture, it involved a handheld high voltage taser. Uh, both fucking McShit Stain and fucking O'Cunt Face would uh, repeatedly tase Adrian, whether for punishment or for fun, for their own sick, twisted pleasure. Uh, there's a lot more to this. So, there's a particular way that tasers work, and uh, to to do it the way that's made to work is it's it's meant for direct contact. You, I've, I've been dazed before. Yeah, direct contact to the skin, to the body, wherever. Um, and with that, it sends a jolt of electricity through the body. Uh, if used for self-defense, it's a good way to temporarily disable an attacker or, or whatever. Now, this is where it gets fucking dark. When you hold the taser about an inch away from the body, the electricity from the taser, it arcs. Okay. So it doesn't send a jolt as intended. What it does, it creates a scolding hot yeah, it's a burn. lightning bolt, basically, that fries your fucking skin. Okay. This is how fucking cunty fucking bitch face would tase Adrian. So I know what you're thinking. Oh my god, a jolt of hot lightning frying the skin must be excruciatingly painful. And you would be right. But 
Conti didn't just give Adrian a jolt. She held it an inch over his skin, creating an arc of electricity. Okay. So this wasn't a quick zap. It wasn't a few seconds. She did this for 20 seconds at a time, several times, repeated. For days and weeks on it. Third degree burns. Yep. You know what I mean? And, and the sadistic, like, you know they ordered it from Amazon with the intention to use it on this channel oh, yeah. too. You yeah. know what I mean? That That's almost even crazier. Where yeah. it's like, and you know it was showed off. It was like, hey, look what I got. Yeah. That's the worst part about this whole thing. Yep. It was all, a, they, they didn't, you don't just get a taser. Just to get, yeah. Get a taser. Right. It was completely all motivated to just torture this poor child. Give this child the most... Intense excruciating pain, and possible. that and, and third degree burns from a taser are not fun. No, nope. All right, so we're gonna take this a step further. So, I'm going to show you exactly what 20 seconds would sound like if you were an evil, disgusting excuse of a trashy, scumbag, fucking cunt. And I want you to picture poor Adrian on the other end. Screaming his lungs out as his skin and muscle is literally frying to the fucking bone. So he endured this excruciating pain until both his fucking shit-stained father and fucking cunt stepmother got tired of seeing him, hearing him, feeding him whatever scraps they could sporadically feed him. And they nailed the plywood to the wall, sealing seven-year-old Adrian in his cell, which eventually became his coffin. So less than a week before Adrian's death, Heather is taking a selfie of her new haircut to show her friends on Facebook. She's using the mirror in the bathroom that contained Adrian's sealed prison. You can see the plywood bolted to the wall outside of the shower stall, and she's freely showing this and sharing this on Facebook. Inside this shower stall is Adrian. He's wallowing in a week's worth of his own shit and piss, starving, dehydrated, injured, burned, uh, probably infect, infected, infected. Yeah, he's he hasn't been given food or water in a week, at least. And you can hear over the camera audio the struggling voice of little Adrian crying out, "I'm gonna die." 
You got this. Keep going. Yeah. You got this. And her her response to him, suck it up. Oh, man. This was the last anyone heard from Adrian. He died sometime shortly after. Nobody knows when. He stayed bolted inside that shower stall for weeks until Mike and Heather could no longer stand the stench of his decomposed body. So they contacted a local farmer and they purchased six feeding pigs. And they let them starve for a few days before Mike and allegedly the uncle carried what remained of Adrian's body to the pigsty. It's the calculation that annoys the fuck out of me. Yeah. These two were so calculated mm-hmm. with everything. Even down to starving the pigs. Yep. Like it just yeah. And he just stood there and watched the starving pigs rip apart Adrian's flesh. And when the last bit of me was gone, Mike placed Adrian's bones inside a plastic storage bin. Now, I said we'd go back and talk about why all of this occurred. And it goes back to within a few weeks of Adrian being sent to his father and Heather. Uh, We talked about the first claim where DCF showed up to the house and for reports of abuse and whatnot, and they wit- witnessed Adrian's black eye and all that kind of shit. Well, Heather had a biological son, and he was taken. She blamed a fucking three-year-old. <laughs> yeah. He was the reason why her son was taken, and from here on out, you are going to be my worst fucking enemy this is why this all fucking happened because she was a fucking shitty mother to her own fucking child and had him taken away and rather than facing the fact that you're a fucking piece of shit you blame a three year old yeah that's, that's almost the most fucked up thing out of this whole story yeah. you know what I mean mm-hmm. yep that you can't even take responsibility for yeah. your own fucking sick, twisted actions that you blame a three-year-old child. Mm-hmm. How? Yep. Who was just answering a question to of a, of a social service. You know? Yeah. Do you guys get hit? Yeah. Did he get hit? Yeah. You know? Well, what's a three-year-old going to say? You know what I mean? I don't think three-year-olds know how to lie. <laughs> no, dude. <laughs> they don't know no. how to they don't yeah. know how to lie. They so, don't know how they don't. You, like, you can condition a three-year-old as much as you want. Yeah, yep. they're gonna be honest. Yeah, it's like when you go to like a, you know, like amusement park or something. Dude, you like, even must be that. five years old to ride this ride. Yeah, hey, you're gonna be five, okay? A six-year-old. Yeah, you can't condition. I know. A seven-year-old. <laughs> yeah, Adrian's yeah. age. Yep. You can't condition. They're still gonna walk up to a cashier and be like, "Wow, mommy, why is she so big?" Yeah. You know what I mean? Like, oh my fucking yeah, god. Like, <laughs> yeah. <laughs> like, yeah. They're still yeah. their own. They're, they're, gonna, they're, they're gonna speak the fucking truth. They're gonna, sp- yeah. Yep. Yep. Oh, and man. all of this was because of that. So. There's, there's evil in this world. You know, we 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 deal with it a lot on this podcast. We do a lot of research, yeah. and there's a special place. Listen, you know me, I'm not a big religious guy, but there's a special place in hell. Oh yeah, and uh-huh. hopefully, 
Hopefully that 25 years, I'm going to, I'm hopefully within that 25 years, somebody finds her. Mm-hmm. Somebody finds him too. Yeah. He's responsible too. That's your own flesh and blood, dude. Yep. yep. So, uh, yep. They're both charged, you know, uh, charged and, and convicted and sentenced to 25 years of life. And right now they're rotting, but they still have the with, possibility. With the possibility. Of with parole. the possibility. That's yep. the big key. Yep. So when their 25 years comes up, I pray to God there's somebody standing in that courtroom or in that parole hearing or, or whatever. And there's somebody there to speak for him, to speak for Adrian, because they should never, ever, ever fucking see the light of day again. Yeah. Ever. And if there was fucking... A death penalty for fucking child abuse. Fucking, fucking burn them all. The crazy thing about this story is I can I can smell the house. I can yeah. see like I can right. see the vivid like details. I'm like I it, that's that's what gets me too. And I don't get how. Like I like I said, I don't want to shit on DCF workers and, and, and social workers and stuff like that. Yeah. But how do you enter a situation like that and say, Yeah, he's safe. Yeah. He's safe. He's, he's, high, high, he's risk. high risk, but he's safe. But he's safe. At this particular oh, fucking second, man. he's safe. Yeah. Yep. Yep. You have to put the blame on someone, and obviously yeah. the ultimate blame is the parents, obviously, and the stepmom. Yeah. yeah. But but God, guys. There, there's 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 God damn checks and balances in place to to make this to avoid this situation. And it just seems like every step of the way, Adrian was failed. Yeah. Every single fucking step of the way. Yeah, he had, yeah. He had. So. All right. So in uh, 2017, uh, Adrian's paternal grandmother, Judy Conway, and his biological mother, Deanna, they filed a civil suit against the Kansas State of Department of Child and Families and employees of the Missouri Department of Social Services, as well as two other social service organizations whose employees had contact with Adrian before his death. The case alleged that through a series of hotline calls and investigations, social workers in Kansas and Missouri knew the extent of abuse Adrian had suffered and ultimately could have prevented his death, but failed to do so. Stating in the lawsuit, unlike many other abused and neglected children whose abuse occurs under the veil of darkness and secrecy, Adrian's mistreatment was a was the repeated subject of a seamlessly endless series of reports and hotline calls to social service workers and social service agencies in both Kansas and Missouri, and they were asking for $25 million in damages. The case made it to the Missouri Supreme Court in 2019 after Judge Charles McKenzie declined to grant the Kansas defendant's motion t- to uh, dismiss. Uh, the Missouri Supreme Court sent back the case to Judge McKenzie, referencing a 2019 U.S. Supreme Court case regarding whether a state could be brought into another court in another state. And in this case, uh, that would be Kansas being judged in a Missouri court. Now, see, I'm, this is going to be controversial, but I don't give a fuck about that. I don't give a fuck about that either. Nobody was there for that fucking child. Yeah. Nobody deserves to profit off of it. Yep. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. Nobody who was trying to sue sue uh, they were never there for him. Right. They never tried to stop it. Mm-hmm. Fuck you. Yeah. So I don't get. I don't care. Yeah. I don't care. Good for Missouri for saying fuck you. Good for the state. Like, like good. Good. Yeah. I'm glad that nobody profited off of this fucking right. sick twisted thing. Mm-hmm. Because Adrian should have been the only one to profit off of that. Right. In December of 2020, the plaintiffs. 
the grandmother and mother, uh, dismissed the case against the two undisclosed social services agencies after a confidential settlement had been reached. So not not the, not Kansas or Missouri. It's the two private social service uh, organizations. Uh, in January of 2021, Judge McKenzie ruled that the plaintiffs, the mother and the grandmother, did not adequately plead a breach of ministerial duty and did not make clear which clerical steps they allege Missouri DSS employees uh, failed to take in Adrian's he's, case. He's completely right. They didn't care. They didn't care. Yep. They would see him once a fucking, once a whatever fucking in a blue moon. Whatever. Yeah. Like, so, no, fuck you. Yeah. Stop trying to profit off of you should have been there from the beginning. Mm-hmm. Somebody would have actually reached out, tried to help them, tried to help that boy. I don't care. 100%. You would have, yeah. you would have been as actively in this child's life. Yep. Mm-hmm. You wouldn't have got a fucking monthly, yearly visit, whatever, yeah. whatever it is. Yeah. Fuck you. Yep. So Judge McKenzie, uh, he dismissed the defendants from the case. So the Missouri case is closed. Kaput. Nothing's coming out of that. Uh, I believe the Kansas State is still. Kinda, uh, I swear to God, yeah. if they fucking get any money, if they win, yeah. So in normal normal people terms, <laughs> which is me, uh, <laughs> the judge threw out the case as having no merit. Okay. Uh, if there is any light that shines on this story, it is that in May of 2021, Adrian's law was signed by the governor of Kansas. The law mandates that children alleged to be victims of abuse or neglect need to be visually observed by an employee of the Department of Children and Families or a representative of the law enforcement agent agency investigating the report. Uh, both Kansas... <laughs> well, we're a little fucking late. Bro, bro. We're a little late. Oh, yeah. So both you Kansas... Would think, you would think uh, if we're doing a home visit. Yeah. Jesus fucking Both Christ. Kansas DCF and law enforcement must interact with the child during joint investigations. This is what totally fucks with my head in this in this situation. It took until 2021 to pass into law what should have been fucking common sense. From the beginning of, of the conception time. of the agency. Yeah. You have to visually see the child. Yeah. I don't Holy know. Shit. I, I guarantee you, though. I yeah. guarantee you. Listen, I don't. I don't want to talk shit on, <laughs> but on underfunded states yeah. like Kansas, Mississippi, like you know what I mean, yeah. uh, Arkansas. Mm-hmm. I guarantee you, the state that we live in, you're going to visually. They're going to visually see. You know what I mean? Oh yeah, 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 yeah They're yeah, going to if yeah, you if yeah. DCF comes to your house. Yeah. Those kids better be there. Yep. It's just mm-hmm. how laws were made, how things were. You know what I mean? Absolutely. Yep. So. And I guess it goes all state by state. Yeah. Now, and I know there's a, a federal child protective services, but they don't deal with things as like right. that the state does. Right. Yep. At the state level, basically. 2021. This was not a fucking law prior to 2021. <laughs> oh. That just fucking blows my mind. Holy blows shit. Blows my man. fucking mind. I, I think the most horrible thing, you know, having kids, you raise kids, anybody who has kids out there. Anyone who's given a child a life and, and, you know, like seen a kid experience something new mm-hmm. and be excited about the littlest things that you take for granted. And right. that and that actually makes you appreciate those little things again. You know what yeah, I mean? Yeah. Everybody knows that mm-hmm. when you have kids. Adrian never experienced a normal life. 
He never, never got, like you said, the abuse started at three years old, probably earlier. Mm. He never understood what the real world was like. And mm. the fact that I can't comprehend that, that, yeah. that somebody would take that away from a, uh, a, an expanding mind, a growing mind. Yeah. Just going to the fucking park and having a good day. Mm -hmm. That is the saddest thing about this whole thing. That's the thing I can't wrap my head around. Yeah. L little, little, little life experiences. Right. The the joy of riding a bike down a road. Yeah. The joy of of going swimming in a not and not being tortured in a pool. The, yeah. the joy, like little things. This this six year old kid never experienced a happy moment in his life. And he still stuck it out till seven years old. Yeah. Blows my mind. Mm -hmm. That's why I'm going back to the resilience of this kid and resilience in children in general and how they can brush off abuse like it's nothing. Right. So that's that's my closing argument. Yeah. Uh, just, you know, never, I hope, like you said, when this trial goes in 25 years and he's up for parole, I hope they get a judge who just says, fuck you. Fuck you, bud. Yep. All right, so I'm going to close this uh, story out. Um, and I'd like to add this uh, portion of a statement from uh, Detective Littlefield, uh, who is one of the detectives in the case. And uh, he read this at the sentencing of uh, Mike Jones. And he says, I have asked seasoned law enforcement officers if they remember Ted Bundy, John Wayne Gacy, Jeffrey Dahmer. And, of course, you know, they all said yes. And he then asked them, uh, do you remember at least one of their victims? And they all said no. He, he, he continues to say, the problem with society is we, we remember the criminals, but not their victims. I am begging you, please remember Adrian. Oh, I love that. He was seven years old. He was tortured and beaten and starved to death. He was left to rot in a shower that ultimately became his coffin. And when his parents could no longer stand the stench, what was left of his little body was fed to pigs. And that's something that in 25 years or was it 20 years now? Like they need to fucking remember that shit. You know? I have that's... Like this is what you did this to a seven year old child. Who the fuck does that? Yeah, that's that's a that's a what a fucking powerful statement. I yeah. wish I was in the courtroom yeah. to hear that. Yeah. You know what I mean? Absolutely. All right. So that'll do it for this episode of Suck It Up. Oh, what a fucking shitty name for an episode. But yeah. It's so well. Yeah. Good job, Dave. Uh, yeah. So if you found this uh, interest. Uh, yeah. <laughs> So if you found what you heard interesting or whatever, I mean, yeah, take it with you. No want. one found this interesting. No. Uh, anyway, go to but Apple Podcasts. Like I said, it was a story that needed to be told. Yeah. Go to Apple Podcasts, Spotify, wherever you listen to podcasts and leave us a review or comment. And don't forget, you become a one of the debauch by joining our Patreon for as little as $2 a month for general support. Everyone gets ad-free episodes and access to our Discord channel. Those who join $5 tier or above get all of our audible video and downloadable content. And higher tiers, you get producer credits and a bunch of goodies. Just go to www.criminalize. No, I clicked the wrong one. Hold on, hold on. Say it again. Say it again. Say it again. I clicked the wrong button. Just <laughs> Go. Just go to 
www.criminalass.com <laughs> where you can find links to our support, socials, oh, merchandise, man. reviews, and more. This is what I love about fucking doing this show with you, Garrett. Uh, I, I can sit too, here and ball my fucking eyes out talking about oh, all this bullshit and we can have a fucking chuckle. Yeah. Yes, we got it. All right. Everybody does. Yeah. Love you all. Yes. So signing off from Studio Chloroform, keep your head on a swivel and stay safe till next time. See ya. <laughs> Later, guys. Oh, I fucking love it. Now, now give me our theme music. See ya. A huge thank you goes out to our sponsor for this episode, HelloFresh as well as our executive producers, Christine Rivera, Beth Davis, and Dusty J. Hicks. Our associate producers, Paul Hodge, Laura Shin, Chantal Daggett, Brooke Morgan, Jay Rawlings, Terry burke Wallen, and Tara Mazur. As well as our producers, J.D., Trent Gobble, Emily White, Devin Dean, Lisa Perello, Alicia Knight, Maria Celine, Chris Owen, Justin Ware, Elizabeth Plus Four, Jan O'Donnell, and Beth Esselman. Be sure to check out all of our socials at Criminal AF Pod on Instagram, TikTok, Facebook, Twitter, and YouTube.